At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Wherever you're at today, God wants you to embrace the truth of His Word, the revelation of His Word. He wants you to embrace the person of the Holy Spirit who is to reveal all truth to you so you can become a better whatever you're, you're, you are. And today we're talking about mothers. And He wants you to become a great mother today. Today. You say, well, I, I'm not even married. I don't have any children. Well, He wants you to become a great mother before you have children. He wants you to become a great mother based on the information and the understanding that you have from His Word about how to become who you were created to be. Well, you know, I'm just not supposed to have children, okay? But there's a whole bunch of children everywhere around and, and people in your life that you can mother that way. Well, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know about all that. Well, I'm, I'm telling you if, you, if you are a female sitting in this house today, you were created to be a mother in one form or another. Yeah. And we're going to just touch on that. And we're going to touch on it in my series that we've started last week, entitled, What's Next? And um, in today is the 21st day since the resurrection. Today. Resurrection as, it, this year uh, was on the 17th of uh, April. And today marks the 21st day and, and if we're talking about back in the real day when he was resurrected, he was still here. Yeah. And um, the reason he was still here is because he was making sure that they remembered what he told them. I mean, after they saw his hands and his side and his feet and they put their hands in it and they saw, they were still doubting. So he hung around to, rem to remind them of what he had said. And you know what? He's still reminding us today through the person of the Holy Spirit about everything that he said. He's still reminding us to this day. So, in, I, I want to read to you Acts chapter 1 and verse 1 just, to, just so you see that he really was here. And it says in verse 1, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So he hung around for 40 days before he ascended upon high to minister to them the things of the kingdom, to understand what God's purpose and plan was from then on. Hence the title of my series, What's Next? Well, we've been about what's next for the last 2,000 plus years. 
And we're saying today, all right, what's next? Well, he's got the plan, and he gave us the Holy Ghost so we can know the plan every single day. Jesus made this statement in, in, it was in uh, John chapter 6, and I think it's verse 38, but he made the statement, he said, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing but should raise it up at the last day. Jesus said, I didn't come here to do the will of myself, what I feel like is good. I came here to do the will of the Father. And to accomplish the will of the Father, and this is how I want to tie this in this morning. To accomplish the will of the Father, he had to be trained by a mother and a father. Holy Spirit didn't come to the earth and just say, "Ah, let's just pick that little 16-year-old. No, God never judges the outside. He always looks at the heart. He saw the heart of that 16-year-old girl, and what he realized is she had the goods to do what it was going to take to raise this this child to become what he was created to put on the the earth to, to become and be for you and I. And I'm telling you, without her, we wouldn't be here today. You say, well, God would have got somebody else, maybe. Maybe. Was she the only one on planet earth that was willing to do what God said? Jesus said, I came here to do the will of my Father only. Where did he learn that? Well, he's the Son of God. No, 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 no. No, no. He, he was the Son of God, but he didn't come here to become the Son of God. He, became, he, he came here to become the Son of Man, to be the perfect example for us. So he couldn't, there were no shortcuts to the cross. There were no shortcuts. That's why it took 30 years. It took 30 years of preparation, of submission, of obeying his mom. We get, we get record of him obeying what his mom told him to do when he was 30 years old. Something about that that we've got to embrace. And as mothers, you have to take this revelation today. Yeah, but you don't, no, I I didn't do this and I didn't do that. Mm -mm. My mother was a woman from a young age who was abused multiple times by Men who were family members, one of them was a family member, another was a person of authority. She was abused by these men, my mother mother was, and was riddled with fear in her life. 
chose an alternative lifestyle because of the fears and the torment that she went through in her life. She passed the fears on to me. She became a, a wife and then, and then a mother, and she passed her fears on to me. And I spent a lot of my life afraid. Not, not, not afraid of like the dark or somebody hurting me, just afraid of failure. Afraid of not being able to overcome in life. And my mom passed those things on to me. And there were times in my life when I held real bitterness and unforgiveness toward her. I was mad at her for the things that she did. And when God began to deliver, see, the thing about God is, He's not male or female, He's both. He's the mother, He's the father, He's the brother, He's the sister, He's the grandparent, He's the everything. What my mom didn't give me, I've gotten from him. And other mothers, I've gotten things from my mother-in-law. She's loved me in spite of me. I've gotten things from other women that were like, have been like mothers to me. I have a lady that's 94 that lives in my hometown, I go there once a month and I see her most of the time. We have to go eat dinner because if I don't call her, she gets mad at me. But she's been like a, a, just a surrogate mom since I was a little kid. We knew we, her, her children and, and us, we, we all grew up together and she was, a, she was a, a real mother to me. My point today is there are people in your life that have affected your life and they've been mothers to you and you didn't see them that way. But there are people in each of your lives, all you mothers that are here today and, and future mothers, there are people in your life that God's called you to mother. You don't have to tell them that. Just do it. Just be there for them. Just help them. Just speak into their life. In the same way that Mary made a decision to receive and to birth Jesus and to raise Him and to invest into Him so that He could be everything to us, there are people weighing in the balance for you and I to treat them the same way. Our own personal children, first and foremost. Your personal children, if your mother's with children today. God will show you things and give you wisdom and understanding to mother them today, even if you think it's too late. It's never too late. If you're in a grandparent position, you know, Maybe you didn't do some things for your kids, and, 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 you're, and, and if you're hearing your children say, well, I wish you would have treated me that way when, when, I, when I was a kid, that's a good thing. I said, that's a good thing. Don't, don't, don't back off and say, well, I better not be good to my grandchildren because I wasn't very good. No, 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 no. I mean, give it all to them. Bless them in all kinds of ways. Because if you're hearing that from your kids then there's a change in you. And God wants the change 
to be today. He wants every mother in the house to know that He created you this way, He's empowered you, He's anointed you, and if you have any guilt whatsoever, you're already forgiven. You don't have to walk around with that thing on you. Because I know a lot of mothers that live that way every day. And you'll never produce anything in life if you're walking around thinking you're a failure. Yeah, we take responsibility for the things that that we didn't do right, but most people didn't do right because they didn't know how to do it. That's why you got to start today to become that person. You start today, and it's never too late. And I'm telling you, there are truckloads of people that are looking for mamas. Everywhere. Everywhere you go, they're looking for mothers. Because we're talking about mothers today, I'm telling you, they're really looking for fathers. But they're looking for mothers. And God wants you to be that mother today. To your own children, to your grandchildren, and to your surrogate children. Your spiritual children. People that God will just bring you across their path. You know, I'm just going to use this example just, I mean... When you, when you know what you were created for, then you become, you become, for mothers, you become a mother magnet. When you have that father thing on you, men, whether, you, whether you're a father today naturally or not, God created you to be a father. And when you've got that on you, you become a father magnet. I go to help take care of my, my personal father. He's going through some things in his life, and I go back home every month. Sometimes I drive, sometimes I fly. It just depends. And uh, I was there this first of this week, and I, I, I flew out on Sunday evening, and, I, and just a, Southwest now has a nonstop. I, you know, I, I drove for all through COVID. I drove because... Uh, you know, you don't like to fly from San Antonio to Minneapolis and sit in Minneapolis for five hours and then drive to Phoenix, I mean, then fly to Phoenix and then sit there for another three hours and then fly to El Paso. Uh, I, that's not fun to me. I can, I can get there in eight hours instead of taking all day to fly. But now they got nonstop flights back since all the COVID mess is kind of over with. No more masks. Woo! Glory to God. So much shout amen. <clears throat> and uh, so I was flying and I was, it was Sunday evening, I was, this last Sunday evening, I was kind of tired, and I, I had my headphones on, and I had, I had some preaching I was going to listen to, and I already had my headphones in when I sat down in my seat in the, in the airplane, and, uh, and I'm, I'm kind of looking, getting my message ready, and I've got them in, because that way nobody will talk to me, right? <clears throat> and so, all of a sudden, this, this big guy... You know, comes and he says, uh, is that seat open? I said, oh yeah, yeah. So it was a window seat and I was on the aisle and he sat down and all of a sudden he asked me a question. I had my headphones in and I kind of acted like I didn't hear him, you know, because I really didn't want to talk. I just wanted to kind of fall asleep listening to some preaching just for an hour and 15 minute flight. And an hour and 15 minutes later, after talking to this guy and ministering to this guy, as I'm getting off the plane, I'm repenting to God. Father, I was created to be a father. 
I'm telling you, every mother today, you're created to be a mother. And God's going to give you opportunity if you've got the goods to give them. And supernaturally, what that man needed from me, I gave him in an hour and 15 minutes on the airplane. Supernatural anointing to minister life to this guy. We can't allow ourselves to be robbed of the real joy because of a lack of understanding of what we really have and what we were really created to do. Before you were created to do anything else on this planet, God made you to be a minister of reconciliation, reconciling people back to God. What this man needed on the airplane, you know what, you know what I think? I mean, there's no coincidence to things. What that man needed, he could only get it from me. Today, anyway. And that man's life will never be the same because, why? Now I pray for him every day. But the words I gave that man are the words he was looking for. I mean, it was, it was programmed by God himself. And I will never get on an airplane with headphones on ever again. I mean, I'm not looking for a conversation. I'm open. Because I'm hearing God say, I need you. I'm hearing God say to every mother in the house today, I need you. I need you just to be the mother you were created to be. I mean, that's just one hat. You're not just a mother. But you have a mother anointing to help. You can't fix everything in everybody's life, but you have the anointing to help. And nobody can do it like you. And I just want to read these few verses of Scripture that have to do with Jesus and Mary. Some of these do, but, but I just want to read a few verses and just kind of touch on this. In Mark 13 and 23, it says this, Jesus said, but take heed, see I have told you all things beforehand. So he's telling his disciples, I've told you everything beforehand. And in Proverbs 29, Proverbs 29, I, I really like this in the message, I'm going to read this in a moment, but the Bible says for children to obey their parents and if they do it'll go it'll go well and they'll live long and healthy and they'll be able to do that and the only way that they're able to do that is if they're disciplined 
So what children need are these mothers that are willing to discipline, willing to take the time. My wife said it earlier, you know, once you, once that child is conceived, I mean, your life kind of doesn't, is not your own anymore because that child never goes away. And God created you as mothers to, you know, I mean, fathers have a whole totally, a, a whole nother role in that, and, and I'm not taking away from that, but today we're talking about mothers. And you've got to sacrifice for them because everything that happens in the future is determined by, by what happens today. How you sow as a mother into your children's lives and your spiritual children's lives and the people around you that God gives you. How you sow and how you prepare even those that aren't married today, that, are, that don't have children today. In your preparation, you're preparing for being the mother that God created you to be because you're preparing with the Word of God to do the things that God wants done. And remember, everything in your children's lives the future is determined by what happens today. You choose not to sow into them. You choose not to discipline them. You choose not to look over them. You choose not to train them. It affects their future. My mom didn't have the goods to train me. I suffered. I was in a lot of fear. Had to get delivered of a lot of fear. And my heavenly mom, he's the father, the mother, the brother, the sister. I'm not talking about him in, I'm not talking about him like he's a woman. He's a he, okay? But he has the nature of the woman because he's the everything. And he taught me things and gave me things that my natural mother could never give me. But I've watched my mother-in-law and I've watched my wife be a mother unconditionally, no conditions, no strings attached, doesn't matter what's going on, you know, in, in, and, and sacrificing things and, and things that she could have done for herself, sacrificing for her children in that way. I've seen that, and I didn't understand it for a long time. And my heavenly father had to show me that that's what a real mom is, because my mom wasn't that. I love my mom. She's saved. She's in heaven today. I led her to the Lord. And she's in heaven today. And I thank God for her that she brought me into the world. And, I, and, I, and I'm really grateful and thankful for the joy that she gave me. She had a lot of joy in her heart in spite of her hurts. And, and, and she was so hospitable. She was a, a woman of great hospitality, and she gave me that. And I've looked for the things, and even, even today, this week, as I was thinking about her, I, I miss her dearly. But she's in a great place. And she gave me what she had. And we have to, I, I'm using these examples of myself because I want you to understand that there's no perfect mother. 
And if your mom hurt you or, you or you're a mom and you feel like you didn't do good for your children, you've got to begin to lay that down and begin to be the mom God created you to be. You've got to begin, if you're, if you're a child and you say your mom hurt you and she's not here today or whatever and you're holding these things, you've got to get from your heavenly father and mothers that God will send across your path, you've got to get instruction and wisdom from others that will help you overcome those situations because we can't live our lives as victims. Can't live that way. He didn't create us to live that way. But He gave us all the options. Well, you know, I didn't live in a two-parent family and I didn't live in this and I didn't have that. and I didn't. Yeah. He's made provision for all of that. No matter where you're at, no matter what your family looks like today, what, where you came from, or, or anything else, He's made provision for all of it. And you don't have to hold grudge toward anybody, but you've got to get it from Him. I've met some really, 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 there's some really great mothers in this house, and I've met some really great mothers through the years that knew they were, knew the calling on their life, the, the, the one calling on their life that was to be a mother. They had many other callings, but they had that calling. And then I've met women that didn't have that. And the only difference is, is that one chose to do it, the other didn't. And in many cases, the ones that didn't choose to do it was a result of the hurts and what their mother had not done, and the lack of information from God's Word teaching them how to be a true mother. I don't care where you're at in that. God's got it covered. I'm encouraging each and every mother today to begin to rejoice and thank God that He created you to be that, to be a mother from, from Ethelin that's here as our oldest in the house to the expecting mother that's here today with new child, I'm telling you, from one spectrum to the other and everything in between, God's got it all covered. Life is an amazing thing. Amen? Life and the child is an amazing thing. And I don't, I, I don't say a lot of things that have to do with political issues, but I am telling you this. If you don't know this, life starts at conception. That child is whole. It's not developed yet, but it's whole. The Bible says so. The Bible told me so. <laughs> Don't argue with people about it, but just if you get the questions asked, know your answers. Life starts at conception. Settle. And it's a great thing. And I just personally want to thank every mother here today. Thank you for your commitment. I don't care if you think you haven't committed enough or this or whatever. You, you realize the God we serve, He never puts condemnation on us. That's not Him. He never puts guilt on us, shame on us. Nothing. And you've got to receive everything He has and become better every day at what you do. And you can do that. And there's two, I want to read this Proverbs 29. 
and verse 15. And it says, Wise discipline imparts wisdom. Spoiled adolescents embarrass their parents. Come on, everybody laugh. (laughs) Absolute truth. I was an embarrassment to my parents. Because I was a spoiled little brat. But thank God for God. Amen. Verse 17, these are both in the message. Verse 17 in Proverbs 29. Discipline your children, you'll be glad you did. They'll turn out delightful to live with. I like that. And that can start today. Well, you know, my child's not the... No, there's no excuse. No matter what we've done, no matter what's happened, and you know what? Your children get to a certain ages, they have their choices. They choose what they want. They can choose what they want to do. But you can influence their choices for the rest of their life. I don't care how old they are. If your mother... And their child, whether they're married or whatever, you can influence their life. You can't control their lives, but you can influence it. Because you have the anointing, because you've got the goods on the inside. He created you to be that kind of a mom. It can start today. But you have to be willing, no matter the cost. No matter. Mother Mary was willing. I, I used to, you, the, the phrase Mother Mary, I, I always just, I heard that all my grown up. I wasn't raised in church, but I always heard that all, all, all my grown up. But I, I just related that to like a, like a religious phrase, Mother Mary. She's an amazing lady. Wow. You stop and think about what she did. Wow. She is an amazing lady. Can't wait to meet her when we get to heaven. Can you imagine the abuse that she went through? To be 16 years old, and potentially they they came this close, they wouldn't have because God had the plan. But potentially they came this close from dragging her to the middle of the street and stoning her to death because she was pregnant at 16 and not being married. So she had to have had a a relationship with, with, with another man. But God. And to go through all of that, to birth this child, to raise this child, love this child, and then to have to watch this child go through She paid the price no matter the cost. And to be an effective, overcoming mother that is influencing the children in your life, either natural, spiritual, you have to make the choice. And it says in Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. What had happened with what the angel had said and all that had gone on. She kept these things and pondered these things. One translation says, 
that she pondered, she reflected on, she mulled over, she meditated, and she waited out. When you make a choice and a decision to do what's right, because it's right, there's a lot of thinking and a lot of mulling over and a lot of meditating and thinking about it and weighing out the consequences and everything that went into it. And that's what she did. And she made the choice to do it. I mean, did Mary have the choice to say, I'm going to abort this? Did she have the choice to do that? Absolutely. Or it wouldn't have been a perfect setup for mankind. She could have done that. She could have mulled that over and meditated and, and, and started realizing, this isn't worth it. But this is what she did, and I just got to read this, this passage in Luke 2, in, starting with verse 39. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee. This is when Jesus was a little older. <clears throat> and to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew up and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, they returned. The boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, <coughs> excuse me, and he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Can you imagine the confusion and the stuff that, that they went through, that Mary went through? And then he, then he went down with them, and he came to Nazareth. And he was subject, or that word is submitted to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus, because of his submission, because of doing what his mom said, and he's doing what his mom said because his mom was willing to pay the price to discipline and do what needed to be done. And he increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men all the days of his life. Why? Because of the choices of his mother. His father was there too. Joseph was there, but he, he passed away. I think uh, one historian says when, when Jesus was about 16 years old, 17 years old, something like that, um, that he passed away. But he increased because of what his mother put into him. And you understand, his mother didn't put into him her ideas. Her mother, his mother put into him the Word of God. Why? Because at 12 years old, have you ever found a 12-year-old that doesn't want to go home and wants to stay at church and sit around and hear the Word preached? Well, I mean, you know, maybe there's a 12-year-old, but not too many of them. What she had put in him and the things that she had sown into him, he was hungry for that from the Word of God. And that's why he was in church. Can you say amen? <clears throat> it says she pondered and kept these things in her heart, 
And she did this until he was 30 years old. She made sure that she invested in him until he was 30 years old. And we can see also where she was a part of his earthly ministry. So like I said earlier, I don't care how old your children are, you can still be an influence in their lives by hearing the Holy Ghost. She didn't control the direction of what he did. Now he had to do what Father said. After he was baptized in water, he had to do what Father said. But she still was an influence. She was still there as a support. She was still there able to speak into his life, even after his earthly ministry began. Can you say amen to that? John 2 and verse 1. And this is where it ended. And this is where it ended and began. John 2 and verse 1. Three days later, there was a wedding in the village of Canaan in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciples were guests also. When they started running low on wine at the wedding banquet, Jesus' mother told him, they're just about out of wine. Jesus said, this is in the message translation, Jesus said, is that any of our business, mother? <laughs> She's still telling him what to do. But mother, that, that, that's not, none of our business. And, and she says, uh, he said, yours or mine, this isn't my time, don't push me. She went ahead anyway, telling the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Listen to me. <laughs> you need to go back and read. But all through the Gospels, that's what he was telling his disciples. Remember that everything I've told you to do, do what I told you. Where did he get that from? Mama. Whatever he tells you to do, he, she told the disciples, you do it. And he told them, and they did it, and the wine barrels were filled up, and it's the same way with us today. He's constantly reminding us of the things that he said in that day that we have record of that is the Word of God, and we have to continually renew our minds to this, but it came as a result of something that Mother said. Deuteronomy 29.9 says, Therefore keep the words of this covenant and do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. It's vital as mothers that you realize that what you do today affects the future. How you treat your children and your spiritual children, the, the, the children that God brings across your path from your natural to your spiritual, how you treat them will affect their future. And you know what? That's not a bad thing. That's, that's, that's taking responsibility and making a choice to do that. It's not a bad thing. That's not like putting pressure on you to just do in a greater way what you need to do as a mama for your children, as a grandmother, where spiritual children are concerned. Do whatever God tells you to do. Whatever He tells you to do, do it. And you keep those words, and you'll prosper in everything you do, and your children will prosper because the Word says so. 
Jesus, <clears throat> and, I, and I just, I, I love this statement, and this was the last thing that the angel of the Lord said. It's the last thing the angel of the Lord said to Mary before she received the word of the Lord. No word from God. This is Luke 137, and it's the NIV. It says it this way. No word from God will ever fail. I believe that's what kept Mary through everything that she battled with, that she dealt with in her mind. I believe that statement, that word right there kept her. The words you've heard from the angels were the word of the Father. They were from God. And no word from God will ever fail. That kept her through all of it. What did she say as a result of the angel saying that? So be it according to your word. And that very moment on, conception happened and Mary walked the journey for the good of her child. And I'm telling you today, it's the same thing for us. It's the same thing for every mother in the house today because this is Mother's Day and that's how I'm bringing this message to you. No word from God will ever fail. So when you base your life on the Word of God and you sow the Word of God into your children, no word will ever fail. I don't care what it looks like today. And sometimes when you embrace that and things don't look good, sometimes things get worse. Well, probably most of the time they get worse. When things aren't good and you're going to start believing the Word of God, things are going to get worse before they get better. But if you keep that Word, and you remember what he said. No word from God will ever fail you. When you get to heaven, you'll be rewarded as the most successful mom ever, ever because you didn't quit the word. Not because it looked the best and all everything was all ironed out and everything just per perfect and all your ducks in a row. I mean, sometimes you got to shoot the ducks. Get rid of that duck syndrome mentality. And just do the word and let it fall where it falls. Can you say amen to that? I mean, that's what I say. <laughs> Shoot the dang ducks. People under such pressure to have the ducks all lined up, everything, just perfect. No, just do the word. What, what did I just read in Deuteronomy? Therefore, keep the words of this covenant. Keep the words of this covenant and do them. And you'll prosper in everything you do. Doesn't matter if it looks like it today or not, you'll prosper. No word from God will ever fail. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.